Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hi. Hey, Desi. So let's start off. I found this story. It is related to uh, sad news. Last week, Angela Lansbury died uh, and there's obviously when someone dies, a lot of stories start coming out about them. And I didn't know this one. Angela Lansbury saved her daughter from Charles Manson. This is a crazy story because it doesn't sound real. It, yes. It sounds like one of, I mean, but obviously it was printed like, I mean, well, okay, let's be honest. I only saw it printed on Twitter. Is this like from a real news source? Yeah, it's all over the place. Like it's like yeah, this really happened. This really happened. Well, she's given interviews. I'll have quotes from her. Oh my god! So in the late sixties, obviously, we know what that light was like in L.A. <laughs> it was real crazy times. And Angela Lansbury saved her daughter, who was um, addicted to drugs at the time, from Charles Manson's cult. She uh, said in an interview from twenty fourteen that her daughter, Deirdre Shaw, fell in with Manson's posse as a teenager. She said, it pains me to say it, but at one stage, Deirdre was in a crowd led by Charles Manson. She was one of many youngsters who knew him, and they were fascinated. He was an extraordinary character, charismatic in many ways, no questions about it. At the time, she was in Malibu with her husband, Peter Shaw, and she said there were factions up in the hills above Malibu that were dedicated to deadly pursuits. Um, she said both of her children, Deirdre and Anthony, had fallen into drugs during that period, which I'm sure is pretty typical of teens at that time in L.A. It started with cannabis, she said, but moved on to heroin. It fills me with dread. Peter and I had no idea what had been going on, but when we had no experience of drugs. We didn't know the significance of finding a pipe in the drawer. Why would we? She goes on to say that after discovering the extent of her children's drug problems, her and her family, uh, her husband, decided to move back to Ireland. She said, I said to Peter, we have to leave. So we up and moved to a house I found in County Cork. I was drawn to Ireland because it was the birthplace of my mother. And I figured the children would be in in an area where they weren't exposed to as much bad influence. There she devoted her time to raising the children, Anthony got straight and narrow right away. It took Deirdre a little more time. Certainly, I have no doubt we would have lost one or both if we hadn't removed ourselves from um, that area. The simplicity of life in Ireland really helped. Uh, and then she just goes on to say how she did he- help Deirdre get on get off of drugs eventually. But yeah. That's crazy. I thought that was really weird. I, I mean, I'm sure like so many people have stories of Manson. I feel like that that kind of stuff always pops up where someone we've never heard had some random connection to Charles Manson. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There is like a, I feel like a lot of people who were teenagers, especially in Los Angeles in the late 60s, probably had some like close calls with him. Yeah, or their kids at least. like Or like a Manson adjacent even. Oh, totally. Um, 
So this is a real grab bag episode. <laughs> there wasn't really that much going on. So we'll we'll see how we do. <laughs> nice. Now this first story uh, went viral. It is a sort of like a financial Fox News reporter. Um, went viral after saying he spent $28 on his Taco Bell order. Did oh. you see this story? <laughs> did he say this on Fox News? He did. Yeah, it was he? like the financial Fox Business News, um, Cavuto Coast to Coast. Um, this guy was complaining about inflation. And the evidence he gave, gave was that his recent Taco Bell order was $28. Now, <laughs> the internet <laughs> went went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over this one, questioning how anyone could spend $28 on a Taco Bell order just for themselves. Now, AOC, she even tweeted that perhaps it meant he was on board with Biden's executive order on cannabis rescheduling, indicating that only someone who was super (laughs) high, super high would order that much at Taco Bell. Now, even Taco Bell questioned what his order was in a tweet saying 14 times $2 burritos equals 28. And then they asked people, what's your $28 order? <laughs> now, I just want to say, I don't know if I've ever spent $28, but sometimes I have gone to Taco Bell and bought more than I'm going to eat because I want to try something. <laughs> I only end up having like one bite of it or oh something. My God. Like I've done that before because I was like, I'll try those new cheesy potatoes. And I don't really care for them. So it's like I, I can see how it gets higher than maybe I would typically eat. Um, but $28 is still quite a lot. Now he showed his receipt that he did almost pay $28. And here's what he got. He got a burrito, two tacos, one order of nachos. <laughs> A large drink. First of all, if I had to show my fast food orders on the news, that's never happening. (laughs) I don't, I'm not proving, I will never even be dumb enough to say how much I spent at fast food. I'm curious what burrito he got though. Is there like a expensive burrito at Taco Bell? I don't really order burritos there. I think he went to Chipotle first and got the burrito. Because <laughs> that still doesn't seem like it would add up to $28. Aren't their burritos like tiny at Taco Bell? Like, aren't they like a dollar? I well, don't know. Taco Bell said $2 burritos, but maybe they have um, like a, what is it? Like a seven layer burrito yeah. that's more expensive. Like a grilled burrito. I mean, I could see this costing about $18. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, but so there, it has, it, the prices there have increased. He still um, got a lot of food for just himself. Uh, look, two tacos, a burrito and an order of nachos. Like even I would be like, come on, Desi. <laughs> How depressed are you? <laughs> like that's a lot of food. Yeah. Especially cause like all three of those are different entrees. For me, it's the nachos that took it over. Like, yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see doing the burrito and two tacos. Same. Because you're like, uh, like tacos are kind of like, well, maybe I'm going to be a little hungry. I'll just get an extra taco to throw in there, throw in the mix. No big whoop. I'm going to, next time I go to Del Taco, I'm going to like see how much it costs. Because usually when I go to Del Taco, it comes out to like $14 and I eat a lot. Yeah. I would say that would be around, it's under $20 for sure. And that's getting everything, like a drink, you know. Yeah, mine's always under $20. It's usually around 12 to 14, but I still am getting a lot of food just for myself. That's why this was like astounding. $28 is a lot. And quite honestly, I thought it would be more than what he said. It would I thought it'd be like five tacos, he, a burrito, nachos. He should have been honest and he should have said 
this inflation so bad that it's not a con- like my piggy ways of ordering food at Taco Bell are I'm suffering because of it. Yeah. He should have acknowledged that he's a pig first. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's see what this one is. Michigan home inspector convicted after masturbating with a client's Elmo doll. That headline stood out to me. Where's this from? This is in Michigan. He's a Michigan home what's inspector. The, what's the oh, newspaper? Huffington Post. Weird news, of course. <laughs> he was found guilty uh, for this crime. He was um, going in and inspecting like a home inspector or whatever, looking at the house, pricing things. And he got caught on security camera masturbating with a Tickle Me Elmo doll. <gasps> Why would you do that? That is disgusting. Did he insert it? <laughs> or was he like just using the vibrating motion? I think he's... Uh, well, let's go. He was in one of the client's bedrooms when Jada Dawson, one of the homeowners, got a no- notification that someone was in the nursery. She pulled up the webcam alert and she saw this man masturbating before picking up an Elmo doll off the floor and pleasuring himself with the doll. She said, I just went blank. My husband was staring at me from across the room and was like, what's wrong? He asked repeatedly and I couldn't even articulate what I was saying. <laughs> it's just so disturbing that they're in the house and he still tro- chose to do this. So uh, they Wait arrived at the scene or maybe they weren't there because I guess they have it on their phone or something. Yeah. The um, uh, investigators arrived on the scene while he was still invest. So he did this and then continued inspecting the home. Uh, he claimed that he had moved the doll to inspect an electrical outlet, but then confessed after he learned there was a camera in the nursery. Um, he admitted to placing his penis in Elmo's mouth. Oh, <gasps> Jesus Christ, and apologized and said he was ashamed. I mean, he should be. He should be ashamed. You don't is, do that to Elmo. Come on. So, that is very shameful. Uh, you don't, the, the Oakland County Sheriff said, you don't think anything can surprise you, and yet the disgusting ability of some people still manages to surprise me. <laughs> I don't know why he thinks that, because I certainly know people, they'll always bring it. There's always going to be a new thing. Honestly, this guy should have just said, look, inflation is so bad, I can't afford my own Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> I just spent $28 on a Taco Bell order, and he was just lying there with his mouth open. I didn't even know Tickle Me Elmo had an open mouth. It also vibrates. Oh, I mean, maybe if it's open, he did it sideways. Do you know what I'm saying? Sideways? Because like the mouth is open like this, and you could put it in that way. Like, it's not going in this way. I'm doing a good visual. Like, how open is the mouth? That's what I mean. Like, if it's just kind of half open, right. you put it in sideways like a hot dog into a bun. Right. I know what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> um, so, in other food news, Olive Garden is bringing back their never-ending pasta bowl. Look, you, <laughs> you must have been really struggling this week because that is a story I passed over several times last mini episode. But let's talk about it because well, we love Olive Garden. I got desperate because there wasn't a lot of news stories this week and it's been on the list. It's been dry the past few weeks. I know. Even like in stupid news, there hasn't been much going on. Is this from Food & Wine? No, it is from Nation's Restaurant News. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Even so, I'm really, I'm really bare bones picking, picking at the bare bones here. Um, yeah. So, 
This will start, or I guess it already started, and will go through November 20th for $13.99, but proteins are $4.99 extra. <laughs> I guess if you want to add chicken to or your shrimp. fettuccine. Um, so this has been a big thing for a while. It went away, but it's back. So people are really excited. You can enjoy an unlimited serving of your favorite pasta with, of course, homemade soup and salad and freshly baked breadsticks. <laughs> We're going to go back. I, I don't even know... This is the 25th uh, anniversary, by the way, of the never-ending pasta bowl promotion. I Didn't people take advantage of it at some point, and that's why it went away? Or w- there was like some other deal at Olive Garden, right, where you had some kind of card? I at- feel like we've heard that with chain restaurants before, where they discontinue certain promotions because people, quote-unquote, take advantage of it. It's like, no, just... It's pasta. People are hungry. Um, I don't think I... I don't think the never ending possible would be a good value for me simply because I don't think I could eat more than one and a half bowls of their pasta. It's a very big serving. It's a big serving. I agree. And even for me, who's a pasta pig. Yeah. I mean, I would say two bowls max. Two bowls max. And that would be, I would be stuffed. And and here's, here's what would entice me more to try a never ending possible at Olive Garden is if I, it, I could get more than one kind of pasta. Yes. Can you, you have to choose one. That's not fair. If I could do variety, you're right. I would do like, that would make me do more. Because then I would be like, well, I'm definitely going to get an Alfredo and I'm also going to get a red sauce. Right, with meatballs or something. Because that's the dilemma for me as a pasta lover. Yeah. When I go to an Italian place or anywhere serving pasta is I'm like, do I get a cream sauce or do I get a not cream sauce? Because I I like both. I'm for me, I like uh, quantity, like a variety. Me too. I'm always into a variety of things. When I can try multiple things, that's why I like sharing uh, stuff, etc. Believe it or not, Rachel, what? There was another truck spell (gasps) again. Another truck spell, and this one I find to be um, another hilarious thing. It was a truck full of watermelon. (laughs) so watermelon and this unlike in the past these were literal watermelons on the road and getting squashed what the hell melon there's a cat fight going on this happened in falls river uh massachusetts according to nbc boston uh okay we gotta break up this cat fight i'm so sorry desi melon is so rude he's very rude he's he's really going after poor locks um, so yeah, this was a big spill. Cars were just running over it. It was like a Gallagher show. <laughs> Remember Gallagher? <laughs> Wait a minute. So, okay. So this truck in, in where is it, Massachusetts? Falls River. This truck in Falls River spills a bunch of watermelons and then other cars proceed to smash them with, yes. their, with their tires? Yes. Um, there's Honestly, no- <laughs> here's, here's what would happen if you saw a bunch of watermelons on the road. It would be very difficult decision to be like, do I swerve or do I take the chance and see if I can smash them with my wheels? Well, you certainly wouldn't be as scared about hitting a watermelon as maybe some other type of uh, things that are like boxes of stuff or something, right? You're just like... What if it like... Spun your car out like the shells in Super Mario, a Mario Kart. Yeah. And you'd, but maybe you'd swerve to hit them, like you said, like a game. Get it. Uh, I like this sentence. 
A truck carrying watermelons crashed on a Massachusetts highway Tuesday night, sending dozens of melons rolling down the road. <laughs> I don't know. It just made me think of melon. Speaking of melon. Speaking of melon. We have to hold on. All right, melons on my lap. I'm holding them like a baby. This is the only way he'll behave. Okay, our last story is Pennsylvania Parks officials release curious statements about Bigfoot warnings. And this is not doing anything to settle the debate because believers in Bigfoot actually think this is like proof that something is going on. Park officials in Pennsylvania say they don't know who's posting signs warning of Bigfoot activity in the area, but it's not them. Are you sure? Yes. They also threw cold water on the notion that Sasquatch might be making his home in the Keystone State or anywhere for that matter. Bigfoot is not real, said Wesley Robinson, the press secretary for the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. The signs that state there have been encounters in the area and call on visitors to observe elevated park etiquette, be cautious of your surroundings, keep the location of any small children and pets within a tighter scope of awareness. They also warn, do not approach the creature. Now, Robinson added that the signs, which have been turning up for months in many parks, are removed whenever they are spotted by officials. Visitors have been posting images of the signs on social media, including one that drew a response from the conservation department, which runs the state's park. Um, Someone posted this sign that they saw, and it looks like an official um, sign about the creature. They want you to also report any sightings to a ranger, front office. Uh, Do not post sightings on social media. According to these signs, Bigfoot might see them <laughs> and hide. Here's here's the problem. <laughs> Whenever like someone's like, remove this, this isn't true, or this is bad, a conspiracy theorist to them, that's proof. That's, that's exactly mo- that's, what happened. That's more proof. They're like, <laughs> right. this is a cover-up. So the Rangers responded to this post on Twitter. Nope. Rangers are aware and we are removing and investigating the situation. These are not posted by us and they are unauthorized use of our logo. The agencies claim, of course, like Rachel said, that Bigfoot is not real. We'll not end the debate about the cryptid anytime soon because now this is proof, further proof that people are trying to hide evidence of what's going on. Let me. Can I see a picture of the sign? Yeah. It's just like a very boring... <laughs> <laughs> There's no cool images. They even they put it in Spanish too. Look, their scam is they're <laughs> bilingual. They're trying to get the word out to everybody. Absolutely. Now, Oklahoma lawmakers recently even proposed a Bigfoot hunting season complete with a cash prize, but not to kill the creature, just to find evidence of it. So not everyone is like is uncool as who? Pennsylvania. Who in Oklahoma? Who who put this on? Lawmakers in Oklahoma. What what are they hoping to shoot? I guess Bigfoot. <laughs> but what? What? They just want evidence, though. Don't kill him. Now, the majority of Bigfoot sightings, as we all know, are in the Pacific Northwest in California. But Pennsylvania has been having more and more of its share of Sasquatch activity over the years. The Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization has 124 credible sightings in Pennsylvania. Uh, including someone who has claimed to seen two. And he heard more of them whistling near his cabin. <laughs> whistling? Yes. They whistle? Apparently. What do they whistle? In Pencil- they're like, we're happy we're out of the Pacific Northwest. We're living it up in Pennsylvania, I guess. I have no idea. What the hell? So if you're in the Pennsylvania area, 
Please beware. I'm going to Philadelphia. Oh, can you investigate this in for November? Us? I'll be. <laughs> I'll do some on go the ground to a, reporting. Go to a park. I don't know the closest one to Philly. It's probably outside of Philly. More yeah, quiet. I don't think Bigfoot's hanging out in Philly. No, I don't either. Although that's like a good movie, probably. That is a good movie. Bigfoot and Philly. Don't steal our idea. Don't steal it. That's a million dollar movie. That's better than Billy Campbell's script. Totally. Um, so yeah, those are all our stupid stories for today. We'll okay. take a break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. So I'm really into this new show right now on Netflix mm. called The Watcher. Oh, I want to watch this. It's so okay. I really want to hear your opinion because I think you'll love it. It is demented. And it's one of those shows where you think it's going somewhere and then it completely takes this like hard left and just so many things happen in it. I Brendan fell asleep in the middle of the third episode yesterday, so I binged until like the end of the sixth episode. <laughs> so now I have to like make sure he watches those episodes before tonight. Yeah. Um, How many episodes are I there? don't know, probably only like eight or something. Hopefully more than that. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. It's fucking nuts. I mean, I know the story that it's, it's not, based on. It's, it's not. not. Here's the thing about the watcher. When I heard the premise of it, I said, oh, I know that story. I've read podcasts on it or heard podcasts on it. I've like read about it. I was really interesting. But the interesting thing about The Watcher is that, yes, on its face, it's based on that story. But there's also several references to other true crime stories. Like there's a John List element. Right. So what you're saying is there's more to the story than we know or it's made up. I'm confused. Oh, it's made up. Oh, it is. This I thought. The, I thought this was going to be a docudrama. That's what I thought. It is not. Okay. 
So it's completely just based on it or inspired by it. And then there's all these other elements. Yeah, because there's a John List element in it. There's also a, like the Circleville letters element to it. Yeah. It's weird. Okay. It's fucking weird. Oh, good. And, and and sometimes you're like, is this going supernatural? No, it's not. Just like there's so many twists and turns to it. I like it. I think it's weird as fuck. It's Ryan Murphy, so like you know the kind oh. of, <laughs> so you know the kind of vibe because like the characters in it are there's just so many eccentric like weird neighbor characters. Right. I know Jennifer Coolidge is in it. She's fantastic. She's hilarious as always. Margot Martindale's in it. And oh she's, yeah, she's good she's too. She's great. And the the guy who plays Naomi Watts' husband, I don't know his name, but he's like this Italian guy and he's in a lot of stuff and he's great too. And I feel really bad I can't think of his name right now, but oh. he's great in the show. And he's like weird too. Well, I'm definitely going to watch it uh, for sure. I just need your <laughs> thoughts on it so bad. It's so weird. Um, Yeah. I'll I'll add it to my list. I'm just binging Good Wife still. I kind of just want to finish it, but I did take time off last night to watch House of Dragon, the ho- House of the Dragon, um, which is also good. Which was good. It definitely had an oh shit moment in it at the end of the episode, which I was very happy about. Pretty low key episode, and then the oh shit moment happened for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. So I'm bummed though that next week is the last episode. Season finale. Season finale, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now what are we going to watch? There isn't like another show coming up, is there? Is anything coming back? No. I don't know of anything that's coming back. Like Succession? That's not coming back. When, when is that coming back? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there are... It doesn't seem like we have a real um, show that everyone's watching right now. Except for House of the Dragon. Yeah, but I don't even feel like as many people are watching that as Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones, it seemed like everyone was watching. But oh no, <sighs> who left water out? <laughs> who left water out? Hold on, not me. I'm just being terrorized by my cats today. I don't know what I did to them. They're the most spoiled cats They're ever. Mad. They want attention. They all want attention. By the way, the actor is Bobby Cannavale. Oh duh, I always forget that guy's name because he he looks really different. In, in many different, like when he has a role, sometimes I don't recognize him right away either. That's happened a few times with him for some reason. Yeah. Um, no, he's great. I knew it was a big name. That's why I looked it up while you were cleaning. <laughs> I'm so mad right now. I'm so mad. But yeah, other than I'm not really watching anything else. I might watch the new Halloween, but I haven't. I mean, it seems like everyone hates it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'll ki- still watch a bad movie. Kills sucked ass. <laughs> Kills was like not even enjoyably bad, except uh, with the caveat of Michael McDonald was great in it. The singer? No. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah, he was like, Michael, 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 be there. Michael, Michael, be there. Okay, so I guess you mean the other one. (laughs) Not as exciting. The the guy from Mad TV. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, everyone seems to think this one's even worse, right? I don't know how they could top how bad Halloween Kills was. Yeah. I really don't know how they could. I don't even know if I watched Halloween Kills. Because what was the one that was like a few years ago that everyone liked? H2? No. No. What was it? No. What was it called? It, it was Halloween 2018. 
Okay. So everyone liked that one. That was when Jamie Lee Curtis came back. Yeah. Right? Okay. I mean, that was like, it was sort of like the reboot. Yeah. It was a re, it was like it retconned H2O and Resurrection, I think. Like it erased those. It erased those from the canon and maybe like, oh, you know what? It it erased everything. uh, It erased everything. After two. Yeah, even before two, I think. Oh, or maybe after two. I so don't this remember. is where Jamie Lee Curtis is, and Judy Greer is her daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I saw that one, and that was when everyone was like, "Yeah, women over 50. Like it was that one, right? Where everyone's like, "They yeah. can open a movie," and da 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 da. I'm just trying to clarify because there's so many Halloween movies, and it was. I did see that in the theater, and I enjoyed it. Was it? Amazing, no, but I saw it with like a packed theater opening weekend. So I had a blast seeing it. Was it was also one of the best Halloween movies in a very long time. So that was probably part of it too, because there had been so many bad ones, right? Yeah, I guess. And like, obviously, the Rob Zombie remakes are like very controversial. Like, people either love them or hate them. I have to go back. I I was re-watching them all and then watching ones I hadn't seen I, maybe last year, but I think I stopped at five or six. Yeah. I can't remember. So I need to... Re- I didn't... I've never seen the Rob Zombie ones. <laughs> I'm... I'm... I'm, I don't, I know they're probably whatever, not going to be great, but I'm still probably going to watch them just to complete the series. Well, his are straight up remakes. Right, but I'm just saying to watch everything ever made with Halloween. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I do like Halloween as a franchise. I love the story. I love the character, Michael Myers. Obviously, I'm going to watch Halloween Ends, even though I know I'm not going to like it, but I'm still going to watch it. Absolutely. So that's all I've got on the TV front. I haven't really watched anything interesting, except for Melrose Place. <laughs> yeah, Debbie and I have a new podcast called Bitch Slap where we recap nighttime soaps and we're recapping our favorite nighttime soap, Melrose Place, right now. Yeah. So check it out if you haven't. Yeah. Um, and I have a lot of TV to watch this week for our recaps. Dude. Some I'm... movies and like, I need to sc- schedule myself because I don't, I don't want to get backed up at the end. I have so much stuff to watch yeah. this week so for I, the show. I need to schedule myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Patreon. For our Patreon bonus, at the $10 tier this month, we're doing all horror movies this month. Usually we do thrillers, but this month we're doing horror movies. And our listeners in our Patreon poll, they chose I Still Know What You Did Last Summer and Leprechaun. So if you want to watch those movies beforehand, now's your chance. I am also going to have a Mysteries in the Macabre this month. Wow. It's a, it's a haunty one. We're doing a lot of Patreon bonus yeah. material. So if you thought of joining, this will be a good month because there's lots of stuff coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, so, I have a, and I have another Patreon episode as well oh, coming. Well, damn. Well, there was just too much Halloween stuff to do that we wanted to get to. Yeah. So yeah, this will be a good month to join. If you haven't, I'm still really like irritated by that glass getting knocked over right now. Like I'm mad. Well, because (laughs) it totally ruined the flow of (laughs) the show for me. It was really, you could just tell it was a lot of glass. 
it like was, it shattered. It was a lot. And you're going to be stepping on that glass like a month from now, probably. Oh. <laughs> That's vac- what always happens to me. I vacuum my clean and still I will find a chunk that like went under something and then comes out. It's so irritating. I'm like having an anxiety attack right now. Um, okay. Well. No, we're not done. What'd you no. eat? <laughs> now I'm irritated. I'm just irritated. Okay. This is the worst time for me to be doing a show. What the fuck did you eat, Desi? <laughs> I'm trying to think of something good to survive. <laughs> we went <laughs> to segment. We went to Musso and Frank's. Did we talk about that? No. Okay. We went to Musso and Frank's. We had we both got the prime rib with baked potatoes. Yeah. And we had some appetizers. We had fried zucchini. What else did we have? Did we have another appetizer? I had a crab louie. That's right. Crab louie. We also got some sides. We got uh, mac and cheese. I actually didn't even try the mac and cheese. You didn't? I just, my plate was so full with that prime rib. Yeah. I had nowhere to put it. It was a big, I I spilled au jus all over me. (laughs) I was so hungry when they, when that prime rib came out, I just like started sawing into it like a madman. And it was so juicy. There was so much au jus all over it that it just like splashed onto my white blouse. And as soon as I put that white blouse on before we left to go, I was like, I know I'm going to spill something on this. Because yeah. if I'm wearing a white blouse, it's over. Yeah. Uh, I did I did manage to try the cream spinach. I, I found a little sliver of plate to put it on. Yeah. The thing is, I didn't want it to go on the au jus, so I had to use my baked potato plate. This is the this wow. is this is like the definition of first world problems, right? <laughs> or whatever that was. Um and then <laughs> Okay, we, dessert the diplomat pudding. Dessert obviously Musso and Frank's has a lot of very old fashioned menu items, items that have been on the menu since they opened in nineteen nineteen. And Desi sees the <laughs> <one of> <laughs> Desi goes, oh, diplomat pudding, in like the loudest voice I've ever heard you speak, just shouting in this British accent, diplomat pudding. You got to try it. And she ordered it. Nobody liked it except for Desi. I couldn't have it because it had Grand Marnier on it. I didn't like it. Like, I'm never going to order it again, but I've always wanted to try this type of pudding. Uh, I don't think it was disgusting, but it's just not a... It's not like what you want for dessert necessarily. Like I yeah. could see it being like a brunch item where you have like a buffet and it's sort of not too sweet so you can kind of eat it. Yeah. Um, I've always been fascinated by this type of pudding. It's basically like where you would line a mold, like a, you know, like a cake mold with um, bread, like white bread, <laughs> like nice white bread. And then you would fill it with juicy berries Yeah, and then you let it sit. So the bread kind of soaks up berry juice. This was just uh, kind of like that, and it's just very plain. It's not a. Des- it doesn't taste like dessert. It tastes yeah. like kind of borderline healthy, uh, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like there was something missing. Like maybe it needed a sauce. Like maybe it wasn't real bread pudding, so that's why it sucked. It just was like very flavorless, and it was dry. There was like really? that's why it, it looked oh, so wet. It wasn't wet. It, it was not wet. It looked like a boob. Yeah, because it's probably in some little like molded tin and it plops out, but it was just not, it wasn't wet. It was uh, definitely in between dry and wet. Like, yeah, it just maybe it should have been wetter, but that's why I'm saying maybe it needed a sauce, like some kind of creme anglaise or some kind of sauce. I didn't quite get the Grand Marnier. I don't know where that was. I didn't taste it. Maybe it was soaked in the bread or something, but it didn't have a strong, that was missing too. Like, it didn't even have that flavor. 
So will I ever be getting it again? No. I don't know who that's for. Probably like very old British people. <laughs> Look, I'm like fascinated by British desserts. Is that even British? Do we know if it's British? Where well, is- I did say it in a British accent. <laughs> I know. No, it, just- it, I, I'm pretty sure it is. I think any kind of pudding is probably uh, from the UK. Diplomat pudding is a... Okay, I need to know. It is... It Okay. Where is this from? It doesn't even fucking say where it's from. I'm so mad right now. Diplomat pudding. French. Diplomat bavois. It seems like something that was served on the Titanic. Yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> I agree. But I, I also agree with what you mean about like Brits and pudding. Because like American pudding is very different than the definition of... British pudding. I feel like the UK puddings almost seem like we have to use this stuff type puddings. Like the bread's stale, so let's make it into a pudding. There's nothing wrong with that because stale bread is good for a lot of things. And it's like, oh, we'll freshen it up with some fresh berries or something. Like they always seem to have that kind of genesis to them. (laughs) Now listen to this. There's diplomatic pudding, which that looks a lot more interesting. This looks like, this says it's a Cuban dessert. This is like a lot more going on. Oh, well, that looks like a moist, eggy kind of cake almost, right? But I don't know what that... I don't like that dried fruit. There's something called cabinet pudding. Have you heard of cabinet pudding? This is from Newcastle. It's a traditional English steamed sweet molded pudding made from some combination of bread or sponge cake or similar ingredients in custard cooked in a mold mold faced with decorative fruit pieces such as cherries or raisins. Oh. I'm into these desserts, even though I know they're probably not everyone's favorite. I'm fascinated by them. Yeah. Um, I think we've discussed this before. Both of us have always wanted to try figgy pudding. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's just me. (laughs) Anytime pudding is mentioned in a song, I want it. Do you want to hear something disgusting? Yes. This is from England. Grody pudding. Well, that's not a good name. Grody pudding is a traditional dish from the black country in England. It is made from soaked groats, beef, leeks, and beef stock, which are baked together at a moderate temperature. Oh. It's it's traditional to eat grody pudding on Guy Fawkes night. But look at this. This doesn't look very appetizing. Maybe it tastes good. It doesn't sound bad. Like when you say it, it's almost like a beef barley or something. But look at all the pictures of it look gross. The pictures, yeah. You can't take pictures of brown things that are like soups and stews without adding some greenery, like some chopped parsley or something that just looks like a brown bowl of mush. Yeah, I'm also fascinated by these like weird puddings. Well, I've always, I think we talked about this. I've always wanted to make Sussex pudding. Is that with the whole lemon? (laughs) Yes. I'm obsessed with that. We have to go to the UK because I need people to take us on a food tour where we can try all these traditional things once and for all and get them out of our little fantasy heads. (laughs) Yeah, because these are foods, these are foods that I've fantasized about eating since I was a little girl because I read about them in books or I saw it or I heard it in a Christmas song. Well, it's like your experience with Turkish delights. Disappointing as fuck. Yeah, like that's probably what most of these will be like. Um, suet pudding. Oh, suet is that a savory too? 
Um, I don't know because sometimes they no, it's not because they use suet in sweet things as well. Yeah, I it don't, can be savory. Oh, I'm seeing it. Is that with like raisins? Yeah, spotted dick is a variation of that. <laughs> oh, these are like Christmas puddings. Sussex pond pudding. Yeah, Ooh. I'm dying to try Sus- Sussex pond pudding, even though it is the weirdest recipe I've ever seen in my life. Is that the lemon? That's where you make a pudding and you put an entire whole lemon with the rind and all inside of it and then you bake it. I want to know we what that tastes like. We got to try it. We got to try It's possible I'll like it cuz I don't mind bitter. Yeah. And I know lemon peel and pith can soften and not be as bitter when it's cooked a long time with sugar. Martha Stewart has a recipe. <laughs> Believe me, that's where I fucking first saw it. I know that picture is burned in my brain. Wait, that's where you first saw? The lemon pudding? The Sussex pudding? I, I saw it on Bake Off. They had to make it one time years ago for a um, technical challenge. No, when I first got my Martha Stewart Living subscription, probably in like late 90s or 2000, I saw that recipe, that same picture with the dough coming over the bowl yeah, <laughs> and all the sugar, brown sugar inside of it. I saw that picture and I was like, I need to have this. I've wanted this for like over 20 years. Wow. Um, so yeah, I, I remember when everyone freaked out about it on Bake Off. Are you watching Bake Off? No, I have to. I'm just behind. I don't watch that show typically when it airs. Like I'm always behind. Yeah. But I, I've, I hear the discourse. <laughs> Look, the the, the 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 most recent week was Mexican week, and it was a big. And I watched that. I mean, because I've I'm caught up on Bake Off right now, but I did watch that episode, and it was big discourse here in America. We were very upset by Mexican week because nobody could pronounce pico de gallo, no one could pronounce guacamole. Nobody could understand why on a baking competition you're making a tortilla for a technical challenge that's not baking. I mean, I'm fine with them doing a Mexican food challenge, but but they need to be more educational about it. They weren't educational. Like, I think it's fine, and maybe you don't know how to do it. Maybe you don't know how to say it, but it's your opportunity to learn a new technique. Obviously, they don't cook it there as much as we do here or you know the familiarity isn't there didn't they have like a mexican restaurant a few years ago that everyone was mocking that was like (laughs) weird versions because they don't have the ingredients necessarily that we have available in the uk you mean yeah wasn't there some mexican restaurant that everyone was like mocking online because it was whatever i don't know um i mean i think it's a challenge it's a good idea for a challenge but you can't like be dismissive about it yeah, there should have been more education. I think Bake Off, I was talking about this with somebody on Twitter the other day. Bake Off used to feel more educational. I enjoyed those little educational bits in the early seasons of Bake Off when it would be like, now we're going to this old uh, house where they invented figgy pudding. And you'd right. you'd get like a little history lesson on pudding. I like food history. I do too. And I want to I want to see that. I also feel like there's so many uh, unusual bakes in the UK. Yes. I mean, maybe you have to expand at some point, I guess, but I like seeing those weird desserts we never see here and how they make them. Uh, but, yeah. so I get trying to you have to move on past certain challenges, but why not just why not make it Mexican week? Why not just pick one of their desserts or bakes if you can't do it all? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. They could have done Mexican week, but I just, I can't get past the idea of making tortillas because that's not something you bake. 
It's like stovetop. Oh, so you're, you're, do they do that with other, any other thing? Have they ever done it? They have. They've made like crepes and stuff before, but I'm always very anti whenever something is like purely stovetop on Bake Off. Right. I don't know. It doesn't. I mean, the thing I like about it though is I like when it's a challenge that it's like seems very simple because it's like three ingredients or right. whatever. And it's like there is a technical ability there. Yes. But yeah, I'm definitely not a stickler for like, Everything having to be baked, if it's sort of like something that seems like it should be easy and people struggle. I think the main problem people had with it is what you said is it didn't seem to educate anyone on like culinary technique for, for Mexican baked goods. Yes. Or like culinary history. Yeah. I like that. I agree. I like that aspect. But the show has definitely... Like I said, I'm not like an expert who has seen every episode, but I think I tend to like the earlier version more than the later seasons. It was seasons. more educational. More educational and less of the goofy bits. Oh, yeah. The goof- I'm not a fan of the goofy bits. The goofy bits have gotten very over the top lately. I like it when it was stodgy. Stodgy? <laughs> well, and see, and we, I'm serious though. No, I, I get it. Yeah, I I totally agree, and I still I still adore the show. I just it's great. Look, and I still have a grudge for when they made um, what they referred to Hala as fortified plaited bread. Plaited. <laughs> so you know, it's like right. God forbid, God forbid they ever do Jewish Week. I don't know if they will, but they might. There's some there's some items. There's some baked they goods pick. they could make. Um, now was it Hala? Like to, it was hollow. It was all so it was just like an egg, ba- an egg bread. It was that an, they called something else. They just I just remember watching this episode. It was a challenge they did, and it was they just they made essentially hollow bread. And it's like yes, there are other cultures who uh, make fortified breads that are braided, but there but hollow was never mentioned at all in that episode. That's really weird. That why was, wouldn't they? That was it. weird. I wouldn't say like it's called challah, and in it's famously most you know a lot of people right. know it as challah bread. Well, I I mentioned to you last a few weeks ago that I had bought um, a milk bread at a a bakery sort of close to us, and it tasted like challah to me because it was like a dark yellow squishy bread. I don't know. So, but it, they didn't call it wasn't challah. It wasn't braided. But that's in that Japanese regard. milk. Bread. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Isn't milk... Okay, see, well, we need to be educated. I'm pretty sure <laughs> milk bread is Japanese baking. Okay. I wasn't sure. It didn't say. Because don't they use milk bread on those katsu sandwiches? Uh, no. It wasn't the bread that I had. It wasn't the same I'm bread that so I had. stupid. <laughs> I mean, but Japanese... There, there might be a Japanese version of fortified bread as well. Like, I'm just saying... That's why I was curious why they didn't mention it. Is Japanese milk bread? It, milk bread was developed in Japan in the twentieth century. I don't and think it's like a dark yellow. No, there's no egg in this. It's just it's like white. It's like that white fluffy bread. Okay, this was dark yellow, like similar to challah. Like it tasted like challah to me, but it was in a loaf shape. They called it milk bread. Yeah, where'd you get it from? A bakery by us. A good bakery. Oh, I'm just I don't know enough about it. But it, when I, I tasted it, I was like, this tastes exactly like challah bread. But I had never had it. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, no, but that always stuck out to me. Like, they're not perfect, but I do like, I do miss when they were hyper, when they were like a little more educational. 
Yeah. I mean, that educational stuff is very interesting to me. So um, I hope they go back to it. There's a really hot guy on this season. Oh, really? Yeah. This I'm looking at these uh, milk breads. They look really good. <laughs> All right. We better go. Okay. Bye. bye. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.